I'm a pharmacist who doesn't want you on medication. So let me put that out there. Medication does have its purpose. Here's the problem with Ozempic or Wagovi, Monjero. There's going to be a bunch of these coming out very soon. It is a treatment, not a cure. Let me repeat that. It's a treatment, not a cure. When we hit our 50s, 60s, 70s, we have a very small window to get I'll say our shit, our shit together. We really do. And what we should be doing is training for the rest of our lives. We need to be training to get stronger. We need to be training to keep our cognition. And unfortunately, what this stuff does is, okay, yeah, you're going to get into your skinny jeans. Yeah, you're going to get into the outfit that you want, but it's not helping you get strong. Hi, this is Diane Gilman. Formerly the queen of jeans, but now the host of a fantastic podcast called Too Young to Be Old for All of Us Women Over the Age of 55. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are you exercising more, eating less, and getting no results? Because if that's true, or if your doctor has that miracle drug, Ozempic to offer you, and you're thinking, yeah, really? Is it a miracle? I've got someone named Amy Wilson, who is a geriatric pharmacist and also a certified fitness professional, to tell you no, time out on Ozempic and any drugs in place of changing your lifestyle. Amy, it is so good to have you. And you have got a captive audience in me because I am the queen of not only jeans, but I'm down to one tiny meal a day. I think they call it intermittent fasting, but one tiny meal a day and exercising some days up to three hours a day and nothing's happening. What is going on here? Oh, Diane. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. But Pleasure. we have a lot of things to unpack right now. So I guess <laughs> we're going to get started. So uh -huh. yeah, I'm a um, board-certified geriatric pharmacist. I'm also a fitness professional and a certified nutrition coach. And what we're doing is by not eating and working out more is we are wrecking our metabolism. We are making it slower. That's not oh. good. That's not what we want. We're making our bodies frail as we age. That's not wow. what we want. We're not helping our thyroid because our thyroid needs carbohydrates. We are not helping our inner chemical reactions that happen when we fuel ourselves with food. And so everything that we have been told, eat less, move more. That is that, I mean, think about it. That's what we've been told for probably since our teenage years. That's Ever. been the whole thing forever. And it doesn't work. The problem is, is that that's what we think works. So we go on these crash diets or what you're doing is OMAD, oh, 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 one meal a day. Intermittent fasting is a great tool. We can get into that. But one meal a day for females, not good. One meal a day for males, okay, I'll give and take. There's some studies on there. But for females, it really isn't. And we still have hormones going on. Even though we've gone through the menopause, you know, the hot flashes, we still have hormones that are needed. And we need fat and we need carbohydrates and we need protein. 
So when we're eating less, we are actually putting a lot of stress in our body and it's not, it's not a good stress. Now I'm going to ask you, um, I have several friends. I'm in my late seventies and I, I have a range of friends age wise, but in my seventies, I've made friends with like people, male, female, a few of them are on Ozempic. I did not ask a personal question of were you diagnosed with diabetes too. I just thought, what is this doing for you? Yeah, you look thinner, but then I hear these terrible rumors that if you take Ozempic, and Ozempic is not going to solve the problem of refining your diet, or changing the rhythm of it, because now you feel, oh, I'm bulletproof. I've got a way to lose weight. And they go on with terrible eating habits, but just less of an appetite. Tell me about Ozempic, because that seems to be the latest darling big pharma solution for obesity in America? Is oh. it truly a solution? No, it's not. So first of all, I'm a pharmacist who doesn't want you on medication. So let me put that out there. Medication does have its purpose. Here's the problem with Ozempic or Wagovi, Monjero. There's going to be a bunch of these coming out very soon. It is a treatment, not a cure. Let me repeat that. It's a treatment, not a cure. When we hit our 50s, 60s, 70s, we have a very small window to get, I'll say it, our, shit, our shit together. We really do. And what we should be doing is training for the rest of our lives. We need to be training to get stronger. We need to be training to keep our cognition. And unfortunately, what this stuff does is, okay, yeah, you're going to get into your skinny jeans. Yeah, you're going to get into the outfit that you want but it's not helping you get stronger. And in fact, if you are continuing with the way that you, you've been eating, which most people do, they, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, the doctor's saying, oh, you wanna lose 20 pounds? Here's your prescription, go to the pharmacy, get it. Boom. They're not saying, okay, well, how is your alcohol consumption? How's your sugar consumption? How is your fast food consumption? They're not asking those questions. They're just saying, here, take this. Well, yes, you're going to lose weight because you lose your appetite because you get nauseated, but that's not a good thing. You're once, you know, I'll, I'll keep talking about how you fuel your body, how you're getting these chemical reactions in your body that need to occur so that you are a well-oiled machine. You're not, you are now promoting osteoporosis. You're now promoting certain cancers. Sure. Skinny jeans, getting that outfit. Awesome. But you're not healthy. And that's what we need to start focusing on is quit chasing skinny and get healthy. And then you the know, other, you know, go ahead. No, go. Yeah. So the other problem too, that you're going to start seeing is that when, when this first came out, I'm like, Oh, you know what? You're going to see in five years, all the lawyer commercials. Were you on Ozempic Wagovi? Please call <gasps> this number. I thought that would be five years. I didn't think it would be five months. We are already seeing that because it's causing people to have serious stomach GI issues. Oh my gosh, I had no yeah. idea. In the form oh. of what's called gastroparesis, which means that your, your GI system totally shuts down. It's not reversible. So oh. is that weighing the pros and cons is having a life 
long issue, never being able to eat again regularly, never being able to go to the bathroom again regularly, actually aging yourself 30, 40 years. <laughs> is it worth is it worth it? That's my question. Are you willing to take that risk? And if the answer is no, then let's do it a different way and let's be smart about it. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s, I was taking some over-the-counter drug that was supposed to make you peppy and make you lose weight. And uh, what happened was I went in for a physical and they said, you're like one beat away from a heart attack. And oh. I felt exhausted. It uh, it sounded like Excedrin, but... Fentaramine? No. I, it, it had an X in it and a drain at the end of it. And it turned out. Oh, is that a drain? Yeah. Yep. And it gave you an irregular heartbeat. heartbeat. And I felt mm -hmm. exhausted all the time. And it was terrifying. And I got off of it immediately, never went back on anything that had to do with, in some false way, motivating you to stop eating. But as Americans who feel bulletproof and seem to ignore the tsunami of gastrointestinal cancer um, washing over them, I think that we feel that we are entitled to this. I mean, my friends, the friends I know that are on Ozempic are eating tons of bacon every morning and and tons of eggs and all this cholesterol producing stuff. And you know what? I, I have to say, and it could be because after breast cancer, I just thought, you know what? I want, I want to have personal control over getting my body back. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take any drugs. I don't want to take Ozempic. And it was offered to me. It's unbelievable. It's like, you know, Diane, you're kind of in shape, but you could afford to lose 10, 12 pounds. Take Ozempic. And oh I heard that if you stop taking Ozempic, you will gain the weight back and more almost immediately. So tell me, what happens if you're taking Ozempic and then maybe the nausea just gets to be too much for you? Or you think, okay, you know what? I reached my weight goal. Mm -hmm. Now what happens, Amy, when you stop taking it? Because someone didn't learn how to eat. And here's the other thing that we have to realize is that when you are not fueling your body, your body has to get it from somewhere. And it's not body fat. I hate to tell you it's you're not fueling and everybody's like, oh, but I'm burning fat. No, you're not. Your body is going to preserve fat. It's going to use muscle, which is not what we want. Muscle will actually increase our metabolism. But if our body is using muscle, you're slowing down your metabolism. Yeah. So now you've lost how much weight. Some of that will be body fat, but the majority of it will be muscle. You go off of the Ozempic. And even if you just start eating normal, because now you have a normal appetite again, but you actually may have more of an appetite because of the way Ozempic works with a hormone called leptin. And it kind of shuts down leptin and we call leptin resistance. And it shuts that down during while you're on Ozempic, take it away. The leptin is back. The biofeedback does system doesn't work anymore. And so now you have all this where you're hungry all the time and you eat. And of course you gain the weight and 
because things aren't working the way they were before, your metabolism has slowed down. Now you're looking at gaining more and more weight. And that <laughs> that yo-yo cycle, that men- mental yo-yo cycle yeah. is starting all over again. And that feeling of a failure, feeling that why does this happen to me every single time is because we set ourselves up without even realizing we're setting ourselves up. You know, I think we as Americans always feel like we're first in everything. We always feel like there has got to be an easy solution. Because when you watch reality TV, hey, you just sit around all day, buy expensive (laughs) handbags, get a shot in your butt so your butt looks better from a back view. But I'm going to ask you something. I'll bet you every middle-aged woman going into more mature part of life wants to know, why is all the fat around my middle? Why does it look like I'm wearing a semi-tractor trailer wheel around my waist? And what happens when I lose weight? My legs get skinnier. My My legs are already like toothpicks. I cannot get rid of that spare tire. Now, time out. I developed a middle-aged gene, the DG2 gene, that was my light bulb moment in life because I could never lose that weight. But come on, there has got to be a solution. I always said I look like a can I look like a meatball or d'oeuvre on two toothpicks. What am I doing wrong? Help me, Amy. All right, so we got a couple of things. One, we have genetics, so I'm just going to tell you right there. Sometimes genetics has a predisposition of what you're going to look like. Two, estrogen. So as we go through perimenopause and menopause, estrogen starts to go into the fat cells and it starts to move from the legs into the abdominal tissue right there, okay? But number three, if we start eating, if we start fueling our body, and here's the kicker though, it can't just be we're eating, it has to be eating the right foods, but it also needs to be pairing that with weightlifting. Oh, we need to build muscle. Muscle is our friend. We are not going to be Arnold. Hey, Arnold isn't even Arnold without some help. So, I mean, he even met, he admitted that in his in his documentary that he yeah. took steroids. So, Arnold is not Arnold without without the little help. Females, we cannot get bulky. We will never look like football players. But muscle is going to help us. It's going to help us anti-age. It is like the true anti-aging. I would say serum because. Muscle is going to help our metabolism. Muscle is going to change the shape of our bodies. It's going to help get rid of that spare tire, muffin top, really? whatever you want. It. Yeah, it really will. And then you're going to build your leg muscles so they don't look like toothpicks. And I do want to say that yet another easy fix. So I'm just going to sit on a sofa my whole life and look perfect like the Kardashians. Are those solutions like Sonabello? Um, very, very early in the particular part of the plastic surgery, um, industry, I had liposuction and I remember I went to a super famous, um, guy, Dr. Daniel Baker, legend in the plastic surgery industry. First thing he said to me was, don't expect a bikini body. There's going to be lumps and bumps. 
Yeah, I can get rid of some of the fat, but I can't smooth it out. So now this progresses to sonabello and forms of, I guess, freezing the fat, and then it kind of melts away. Talk to us about the easy fix that we all wish we could have. And unfortunately, here's the thing is if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And Ah. there are a lot of studies coming out now showing that that is not a good answer and that it actually causes divots and it causes other issues. And you have to remember when you do liposuction, you are taking out a certain part of fat from the body. If you overeat, if you're not eating right, your body is going to develop more fat cells. Maybe not there, but someplace else. Our body is great at adapting, and we're always trying to outsmart the chemistry. We're trying to outsmart what our body is programmed to do instead of working with it and understanding that it takes time. It's not Amazon Prime. It's not going to get here in two days. But everything that we do, if we work with it, our body will take care of us in the long run. You know, I think that... um that we are so used to seeing solutions that are like watching a reality show Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, if only it was affordable. And then something comes along that is affordable. And then you wind up with a million lawsuits. And, you know, when I had that liposuction, had to be about 27, maybe even 30 years ago, um, it did some good. It took out fat volume. I really tended, but I had a terrible diet back then, just terrible, <laughs> lots of fatty meats. And you could actually just serve me the fat from a steak and the skin from a chicken, and I could avoid the flesh altogether. I crave fat. What is that in me? And am I one of many that feel that way, like yum, 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 fat, 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 but I hate fat on my body. I, well, fat's not going to make you fat. That's what you have to realize is that even oh. though we eat, it won't make you fat. Wow. But if that's all you're eating, that's not really good for your insides. So we, yeah, still need to, we still need the carbohydrates. We still need the protein. We still need the balance. And then, you know, you're talking about eggs. Eggs aren't the culprit. Eggs aren't what's, eggs aren't what's wrong with your diet, your, what's wrong with the diet for most people is sugar, is processed foods, is things with chemicals, things with artificial flavors, artificial, fl- um, artificial sugars, artificial colors, the chemicals that are all in those packages. That's what gets us. So if you go to your doctor and your doctor's like, hey, you need to lose weight and stay off the eggs because your cholesterol, cholesterol is high. Cholesterol. And it has not, you know, enemy no, no they're not. They are not the freaking enemy. I stopped eating them. Uh Uh-huh. Eggs are amazing. Eggs have so many good micronutrients and they have protein. Yeah. Our our enemy is processed foods. Our enemy is diet foods, healthy choice, lean cuisine, things that say they're healthy, but they really aren't, that are are making us actually gain weight in our later years. And we can't figure out why because we think we're – it's, it's not anybody's fault. We think we're doing the right things. We listen to multimedia. We see somebody on TikTok or Instagram and they're, and they're doing the latest, greatest program or actually a shake or a fuel packet or, or whatever. And we're like, oh, quick fix. We see the before, we see the after. Oh, it's so easy. 
And I just had this conversation with somebody else that they just want, just tell me what to eat. I don't want to think about it. I just, but that's not the way to do it. That everybody is different. You, it requires some work on our part. And like you said, Americans are lazy. We need to quit being a lazy and take our health serious and be willing to work on it. You know, um, my my GP, and I don't go very often, I'm going to admit, but when I went last year, at the beginning of last year, she said, oh my God, your cholesterol, you're going to drop dead any minute. You've got to stop eating eggs. You've got to stop eating ice cream, ice cream, for sure. I went yeah. off the rails during the holiday season, and it wasn't pretty. So she immediately says, oh, I've got to put you on statins. And I thought, I said, you know, I don't want to take drugs. I want to give my body a chance to sort this out. Well, she gets like really out of sorts about this. And it's like, <laughs> hmm, okay, well, if you want to die, go ahead and die because <laughs> your cholesterol is so terrible. So I said, give me six months. I'll be back. I'll be back. So I get off of all the creamy stuff, no sour cream, no heavy cream in my coffee, no eggs, no this, no that, no dairy, um, which actually is a good thing. And when I come back, the first thing she says before she even tests me is, I've already called a pharmacy and I've ordered you statins. I said, but we haven't even tested me for cholesterol yet. And she said, well, your cholesterol is so out of control. It's never going to be okay. And then a week and a half later, she calls me up with blood test results. And in a very sheepish voice says, your cholesterol's perfect. Your blood pressure's perfect. I mean, I don't think that the medical system in America is thrilled with you doing it yourself. And I don't think they're thrilled with you doing it through proper diet or exercise. They're there to support the latest and the greatest drug. And you can tell me statins are great. And I have friends on statins who say, eh, I can eat anything now because I'm on statins. But is that really true? No, it's not. And you know, to your doctors, I would say one, it was probably all the creamy stuff, the dairy, the sugar, it wasn't the eggs. But you have to realize how many times they probably had the conversation was you need to do something and the person says they're going to and then they come back and nothing ever happens, nothing changes. So it's one of those things I think physicians have just one, they don't have time and two, they just throw up their hands in the air and say, well, they're not going to do it anyway. Here's the prescription because obviously I'm able to help them in one way and that's that's prescribe a statin. The issue I have is that we absolutely can prevent and that needs to be pushed more. We can reverse too. That's the other thing. We can prevent and reverse. And that's not pushed. That's not sexy. And it's just not. And yet it is. Yeah. And, and it's, it, they, the doctors, which is much easier for them and for their billing practice to write a prescription than to have now, that conversation. I spent about two, two and a half years of my career living on and off in Hong Kong. And hmm. I came to see that the Chinese see food and food intake as medicinal. 
mm-hmm. at a forum. Uh, and I think that is the, I wish, I so wish we could adopt some of that philosophy in America because it, it, I think it would create a much healthier nation. And I think that the Chinese also are very wary of any kind of food product where you go to read the label and there's a paragraph that high of all the preservatives and chemicals in it. So do you think that that is part of your suggested regime to your clients that they make food stuffs a form of preventative medicine the way that oriental culture does. Absolutely. When I work with my clients, my biggest question to them is before you put something in your mouth, how is it going to serve you? What is it going to do? And a lot of times we use food as anti-anxiety, as depression, as stress relief, as a form of celebration. We don't look at food as what its purpose is, and that's to make us better, to make us whole, to make us be able to run, jump, think, be happy. We look at it as something else. And when I start thinking, when I start having them think about what they're putting in their body and how does it serve you, that stops a lot of binging right there. That stops a lot of stress eating. Because if you're going for the M&Ms or the chocolate or the potato chips, and it's you're, you're looking at that food. Okay, well, right now it's serving a purpose of maybe not dealing with an issue, or I'm trying to crunch. Well, that's not serving your body. That that's not serving your body at all. So if you start thinking about how it's serving your body, what's it doing to your body? Is it going to move you forward into the genes that you want or into health? It's a very different way of looking at things instead of always looking at, oh, well, it has eight, it has 80 calories. I can eat it because it's with the calories. Calories isn't the end all be all. We need to stop counting calories and think about calorie and, and calorie consumption because that doesn't work. That's what's also got us here. And we're not looking at the quality of food. When we start looking at the quality of food, it makes okay. a big, big difference. Okay. So when my life mate, my, I call him my husband, someone I lived with for 20 years, got colon cancer and eventually passed on from, from many forms of cancer. It went everywhere. It was relentless. I had gone to almost, I was five, 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 five and a half when I was younger. I've shrunk a little, but I was, I went down to about 105 pounds. Oh, wow. I couldn't eat because he couldn't eat. When he passed, and I will tell you, I learned a lot about myself. I gained almost 90 pounds. I made food my companion. I made food my comfort. Mm -hmm. I made food my recreation. And I became what I call a carbogenarian. And because mm-hmm. I'm a lousy cook, um, I worked all my life, I would just come home, drop a bag of pasta in boiling water, <clears throat> so over a pound of pasta, open up a can of sauce, a bottle of red wine, and every night, lonely, sad, in front of a TV. Well, finally, I went to my doctor 
and he reeled back. He hadn't seen me in a year and just said, if you want to go into latter middle age. So I was about 53, 54 when I saw him. As the national definition of obesity, he said, you do that, but you are going to have health issues that are going to be unbelievably obstructive and painful. And I went and I sat in Central Park. He was in Central Park South, his offices. And I made a list of why I ate, what I ate, Mm -hmm. and what I was going to do about it. And I had to give up carbohydrates. I had to give up food as recreation. I had to start thinking about eating proteins. I had to totally re- align my brain. Does that make sense to you? It, it totally does. And, and the thing is that, you know, carbohydrates aren't the, the devil, but you were eating a lot of spaghetti, which spaghetti is processed, just so people know. It's like, it's, Ooh, it's, and it's, it's, it is, and it's it's especially the way that we do it here in America. So if you want to do a higher quality, you go with something like a chickpea pasta or a red lentil pasta where you actually get protein and fiber. The way we do it is it's pretty much just durum wheat, and it's going to spike your blood sugar. On, plus, you put that with, I don't know what kind of pasta sauce you're using, but a lot of pasta sauce has more sugar in it than a can of pop. Ragu, I mean. Yeah, yeah. so it was, <laughs> it was what you were doing was the, the epitome of oh, just giving your body not a candy bar, but sugar in a different form. And if you were constantly doing that, your sugar is constantly elevated. You're increasing your age, believe it or not, by increasing that sugar consumption that, that way. And, you know, now we're talking about inflammation. Now we're talking about increased body fat, all from that kind of easy processed food. It's comfort food, but once again, it's not serving your body. So everything that you did, explain why you didn't want to do this, explain, you know, writing down what to eat, what you need to do, health. You, this is the one thing that I can tell people is like, why is it some people can do it? Some people can't. It's all mindset. It's all saying, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. You had your wake-up call. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm going to change, and I'm going to do this. You put your foot down. And that, honestly, is what I see, especially middle-aged women. If it's, oh, this is the way it is. It's menopause. I'm meant, I'm meant to gain weight. I'm meant to be this way. I'm meant to feel like crap. I'm meant to ha- feel all the joint pain and the headaches. This is just no, the way no. it's going to be. Or the, no, this is second chapter and I'm going to be so much better than I was in my twenties and, and live life to the fullest. There's, there is that, there is that line that draws that people who want to live their life fullest will learn how to eat. will learn to lift weights. It doesn't take hours. It's 30 minutes. We'll learn how to eat for what you need. That takes time to grocery shop, to get the right foods, to understand you have to cook just a little bit. You don't have to cook a lot, but cooking some. And the people who are all in and say, you know what, Mm-mm. I am not going to feel bad anymore. I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to prevent disease or reverse diabetes or reverse whatever, or get my spouse in shape too. That sometimes helps. Um, and those are the ones who are going to absolutely change their lives for the better, just like you know you did in your fifties. You know, I couldn't, I could run, but I couldn't hide because I was on television. I was on QVC, HSN. And at a certain point, I started to get this sort of hate fan mail like, Diane, you're too fat 
to wear uh-huh. your clothing. Or, and I thought, uh-oh. But you know what I found, and, and this is going to be final question, and, and it's a little bit complex, but as we get into our 60s and our 70s, and I was lucky I had never even been in a hospital till I was 72, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to get a double mastectomy. I wound up with a condition, lymphedema, in my left arm, took out all my lymph nodes on the left side, some on my right side, so my left arm, my right leg. I have found, and I am highly motivated, but I had to customize my whole diet, but exercise program. So now I'm really in a phase where I can do more upper body exercise than lower. And um, I find that I, I don't eat anything with dairy. Where do I go for information about this stuff? I feel like a forgotten woman. I can't go to a gym class. I can't keep up. Um, I don't, I'm doing a lot for myself and I'm very conscious, but I'm not quite sure I'm doing the right things and the right kind of exercise for myself. What do I do, Amy? So, I I mean, I always call it analysis paralysis. If you go on Google, there's so many things out there. Do this, do that, do this. So, you know, what I always recommend is if you hear somebody like myself, schedule something with me and I can help. I, I use a platform. It's called Faster Way to Fat Loss. It's the program I use. We have, I, I, I call it individualized. We have personal trainers that come into, I would say come to your house because it comes via app and you do the 30 minute workouts. They're guiding you through those workouts every day and showing modifications. If you can't do this, how can you, we call it personalization, individualize or modification. And then you work with someone like me as a coach that helps you. It's like, Hey, they did this exercise today. My knees can't do that. And I'm a certified professional too, yeah. a fitness professional. So I can say, okay, when they do these exercises, we're going to change them to this is what works for you. But every say, I always get people it's like, well, I have bad knees. I can't squat. Well, you go to the bathroom every day. You're squatting every day. If you sit in a chair, you're squatting every day. You may not be going down as far as some of these ladies and gentlemen do, but we're going to work with what works for you. If it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. I'm just going to yeah. say it over again. If it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. But there's never a wrong reason to eat right. And there's never a wrong reason to Get muscle so that you are strong. So that when you're on the plane, that you can lift up your over, you know, your your travel bag and put it up in the in the overhead cargo. You know, um, I call this. I'm at 78 years old, and I feel that I've gotten over most of the damage that heavy chemicals, chemotherapy, and then radiation did to me. Mm-hmm. But I call this period of my life, the age of customization. Yes. Because I've got to customize diet. Um, I've got to customize the flow of food. So I'm deciding now that maybe I do intermittent fasting, but I do it differently where I have mm-hmm. a well-balanced meal with a carbohydrate, a vegetable and a protein, but maybe I don't eat them all at once. And I eat them. I get, I eat one every two hours, which I'm able to do because I work from home. 
but Amy, you need to clone yourself. We all need <laughs> we all need a bunch of Amy Wilson. And this has been one of the most fascinating podcasts we've done because honestly, you just make sense and sort of demystify it all. So we will um list how you can get in touch with Amy and all of that good stuff because yeah. the truth is we all need well, and I do coach virtually so I can get anybody Which in the United great. States. Yeah. So it just so because great. if you're not where I am, it's okay. There's Zoom, there's everything else. But thank you so much for having me. This and this has been a, a great conversation. Yeah, it was so fascinating to me. And I got to ask some of the questions like the spare tire question. <laughs> we can get rid of that spare tire. <laughs> Yay. All right, Amy. Thank you so much. This thank was you. great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.